Are you uncomfortable with client conversations around money? Maybe you're struggling to figure out the right price for your products and services. Or maybe you're struggling to show potential clients the true value of your offerings. Talking about money can be an icky subject, especially when you love the work you do and would do it for free if you could. But too many business owners are undervaluing themselves or they're not packaging their offerings effectively or they're over-delivering and ripping themselves off. If any of this sounds familiar, you'll find today's episode with Kathleen Ann from Power Up Your Marketing very insightful. Get your pen and paper or notes app ready and let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners just like you build trustworthy connections with their ideal clients. And I do this through engaging conversational copywriting and strategic advice at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 30-minute discovery call with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. But today, I'm joined by my guest, Kathleen Ann. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you so much, um, Leanne. I'm I'm really excited to be here and, and hello to the audience who's listening. Thank you. Thank you. Now, before we jump too much into the episode, I'll take a few moments to read out your bio so everyone knows who you are. So as a a corporate escapee, I like the sound of that, um, Kathleen is known as the money and marketing champion for heart-centered women, entrepreneurs, and enlightened men. Um, She is the founder of Power Up Your Marketing and holds multiple money and marketing coach certifications. Kathleen works with service-based women business owners to help them create and grow financially successful businesses based around their passion and unique brilliance. As a certified coach, speaker, published author, and workshop leader, Kathleen's work continues to support entrepreneurial women throughout the world to marry money with meaning. I love that phrase. (laughs) As someone personally um, working on the money mindset at the moment, I love the sound of all that, and I'm really excited for our chat today. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Great. Let's get going. Let's get going. So, yeah, so tell us a bit more about you and your business journey. How did you get into what you're doing now? So I didn't go straight into what I'm doing now. I I have been working in my own business for just over 26 years now. I used to be in corporate. I ran the direct marketing division for a financial services company. I'd been headhunted a couple of times to set up similar divisions in other companies. And I was fairly well entrenched in my career until I got what I call the Don't Come Monday invitation, so otherwise known as retrenchment. (laughs) And I actually was very happy about that. Uh, Yeah, I I was going overseas the following week. I had a five-year trip um, on on the books and off I went. And then when I came back, I actually bought a set of golf clubs and I played around for a bit longer. (laughs) 
trying to figure out what to do next. And I'm sure people listening to this now would, uh, some of you would understand that it's a big decision what to do next. So what I did next was uh, start a consultancy. I figured my reputation, my experience, my network, everything was in corporate, in direct response marketing. And that was a big mistake. It was like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Um, I wanted to be a solopreneur. What was I thinking to be building a business that needed people to deliver the services? So I did get some um, quite big gigs and I needed to resource those. So I did that for a little while and then I I figured I needed another way. Uh, For me, um, I actually just was poodling on the internet and I saw a promotion for a three-day workshop in uh, America and uh, said to my husband, this looks fantastic. I think that would be a really good program to do. And he said, you should go. And uh, not that I needed his permission to go, but it was very nice that he recognised that I saw something there that was very appealing. And I went originally to um, to pivot my own business, and that's a very popular word right now, pivoting. And uh, unfortunately, I think some people are in a little music box there, a little ballerina twirling around, <laughs> um, spinning around, and they're not actually pivoting. So I really wanted to pivot, reinvent myself as, as what that really is. And uh, that's what I did. So I came away from there thinking, wow, there are a lot of people, women business owners in particular. I was, you know, late 40s, I suppose, at the time, and it was been thrown on the scrap heap as if I didn't have a um, you know any any life left in me <laughs> and I did so I that's what I thought there's a lot of women just like me and that I'm going to help them so that's how I, I did and I've got a number of certifications I've kept them I've um, taken them again voluntarily so that I can keep my um, you know working at a deeper level and that's what I really like the more clients that I've helped the more I can help and the more I know and I think staying up on, on certifications, even if that's not required, is a really good thing to do. And I currently um, have a, what I call a lifestyle business. That's what I really wanted when I didn't understand that way back then. So that's what I have now. I do have time for golf. I've got only two children, but I do have nine grandkids. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I've got, I have got a life and I want to be able to have my business accommodate that. You know, I'm all for um, work-life integration. I don't think there's really such a thing as work-life balance. I think that's a very difficult thing and people who are trying to do that are, um, yeah, they're probably struggling because I think we need to integrate it. Yeah, I agree. So what was that, the three-day course you did, was that all about um, coaching? Was that down that path? No, it wasn't actually. What it was, it was branding. And mm-hmm. and I, I did that program and it was about how to position yourself as the expert in your market and how to look at a niche, how to choose, which is all the marketing things I did understand, and how to narrow that niche to serve a particular group of people. And then subsequent to that, uh, which, which is how I help clients now, is how do we package and price our services towards solving the problem that that group of people have. So it really narrows things down that makes it easier to run a business that's based on delivering services when it's the same thing. There's plenty of people. If I like to say inch wide, mile deep. You need a niche that has got plenty of people in the pipeline 
uh, queued up, a hungry market, as we say, that are looking for you. So your job is just to make sure that you stand out and that you're recognised to be the go-to person, the go-to gal, as I like to think, for that thing. So that's the thing. You need to be an expert at that thing, not everything. Some people get a bit, um, uh, you know, they, they struggle with the term expert. <laughs> it's very true, very true. Uh, like I, I'm actually going through a bit of that process at the moment because um, I went into my business saying I'm going to be a content marketer or a copywriter. And just in recent um, times, well, the last couple of years, I've been doing workshops. And then since COVID, I've been doing webinars and online training. And so the training and marketing, and obviously I had this podcast too, that's come to the forefront. And that's what I'm really, really enjoying. And I love, look, I love writing, but I'm actually, I think, yeah, restructuring, reassessing my, my niche, I guess. I said health and wellness, but now it's like, I think marketing training first and copywriting is like a bonus. If they can't DIY, then they know they can trust me to help them out with that um, rather than the other way around. So push with the copywriting and then, oh, by the way, I can train you as well. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean by you just got to sometimes you get, and I have to now work on my messaging and get it um, that put across my website because it's not really obvious. Um, but yeah, especially like you said, these days, some people have had to reassess and reinvent themselves. And to uh, Leanne, for you know, people of your generation, you're a lot younger than me, as you go through business life and life in general, you acquire so many things that you can do um, but if you do, uh, people say, can you help me? Well, if you help them with something that's not really, you know, just stay in your lane. That's how I think of it. Don't go out there helping everybody because it takes up a lot of time. Often people creating a process or a program for a client that they never get to use again. That client will never pay them what that's worth. You need to be able to monetize the effort you put in to creating systems and processes so that's why when you've got that hungry market all with the same problem it's easy to create your brilliant solution I call it um, creating your signature system and that's what I help clients do it's how to productize their services so they can actually have something to sell rather than consulting time or coaching time it's a lot of times people are, you know, trading their um, time for money. It's how much do you charge? People will ask. And um, my tip is don't answer that <laughs> straight away. Um, you do need to answer it, but not when I ask you. Yeah. My, my tip there is I'm very happy to share my investment um, um, programs with you, what it is to invest. However, do you mind if I ask you a few questions first? No one's going to say no. They're going to say, oh, of course. And then you get in control of that conversation, which is what you need to have to understand whether that person has got a problem that you are the expert at solving. And if not, who can you direct them to um, so that you can help them, but it doesn't have to be you. Because if it's not what you really do and what you really love to do, then you're going to take on a client that's going to benefit, yes, but they're going to take up far too much time for something that you, you know, may never 
may never do again. So I think the main thing there, <laughs> where you're at right now, is to understand that as we go through, um, sometimes we do need to change. I've done a lot of um, copywriting programs myself. I am a, a, a writer, but I take far too long. I, I really don't want to spend my time doing that. Um, I'm a great um, cr critique of copy and I help clients write a good brief. So once you've done your branding and your positioning, you need to brief people like copywriters, like web designers and, and all the rest that they're going to implement for you. And that's where um, I also need to be positioned to be able to refer people on to the people who do implementation because, yes, I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot, actually. Some people are like, look, I can write the blogs, I can write the website copy, but honestly, I just time poor or I just prefer someone else to do it and can yeah. just do it. And, um, yeah, and, and I do actually have got a potential website client who was like, yeah, 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 cool, send me the invoice, we'll get started. And then I sent my briefing document and pretty much she then kind of went AWOL and I touched base saying, oh, do you still want to go ahead? And she said, oh, actually, your questions prompted some things in me and I'm now working with my business coach to work out my messaging so I can answer that and brief you properly. So it's, um, I mean, I'm glad that I, I got that out of the way and knew that was the situation up front rather than saying, all right, let's start. And then as we start the copy, because, um, you know, what happens is a copywriter can't do it right if you don't even know what you want. And right. I know they'll know what they don't want. Yes, that's it. And so that's where I've, I've heard many stories. It's happened to many where that is never sells out of the copy because they just don't know what they really wanted. So they can't tell you if you've got it right or not. Um, but so moving on, if in your opinion, what's holding most people back from charging what they're worth? So this this is a huge topic and it, and it is something I've obviously I've got a lot of experience at and it's two parts. It's not just about, um, I call it being market ready. And I really mean being positioned in the marketplace that you want to bring your clients in through. Um, how are you going to attract the right clients to you, the ones who won't waste your time? And um, you need to be very thorough about that. And that's where I say it's branding, choosing a niche, creating your own signature system um, that, that nobody else has. So how can how can they um, how can you have competition when you have ownership of your program and only you can deliver that? So there's that part of it. I also help clients package and price so they've got a good, better, best sort of offering. It's much easier to get people to say yes at what level than a yes or a no. And when you do that good, better, best sort of situation, it's um, you can have different price points as well as some other criteria that you might choose. And then, of course, it's um, the mindset then around self-worth. Um, you could instruct people, you know, day in, day out. Um, if they don't feel confident, they don't feel worthy, um, there are any underlying beliefs that are holding them back from charging what they're worth, and they're sneaky. <laughs> Those little beliefs, um, we don't even know they're there. They're in our subconscious, and the way to recognise it is to look for the patterns. What triggers people to do certain things again and again? You know, like Groundhog Day, and people go, I can't believe this is happening to me again. 
Um, and, and it's because intellectually they're clever. We do understand from um, an intellectual point of view that certain things are this way or that way. But that's not what happens when we get into action. We're often um, downplaying um, people who, um, you know, struggle with charging what they're worth. Even if they end up with a fairly good price point, they will discount. Uh, they will add more than they were agreed to be needing to, to deliver. And I'm not talking about, you know, over, I'm not talking about over-delivering, not, you know, surprising your clients with um, more than they might have expected because usually over-delivering is more time, less time to do other pain work and all the rest. So there's all those factors that come into play. So it, it's double um, marketing and money. That's why I'm known as the money and marketing mentor. Uh, I don't think you can, um, you know, get get that right um, balance. And, of course, the better you get, the better you get, and you can increase your prices. And uh, people often don't do that. Yeah, well, you know, it's I, I once heard someone say that, um, you, you're, you may not be your own client. So if you have a certain rate and you're like, oh, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable paying that, but someone else who sees a value and they don't have your expertise and they want it, don't underestimate that. Like they, they might say, oh, yes, oh, that's great value. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like for me, for what I charge for a blog, I'm like, I would never pay anyone for that because I know I can do it myself, right? But if I put into something like bookkeeping or something like that where I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just out of my comfort zone there, I definitely see the value there. So I think people just forget how other people see them and their services and it's a bit of a confidence thing, isn't it? Well, especially when you're really playing in your own sweet spot, when you love what you do and it's easy, you think, can't everybody? I do this for free. Like oh, I, 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 I would pay other people so I could do it. <laughs> but that's the trap because no, everybody can't do what you do. If they could, they do that. So they can't do that. That's one thing. And you speak very well to the value because that's all it is about. It's about you know I say to clients when you're struggling with is you know look, they're looking at a potential client and they're thinking. They won't pay that. Now, first of all, that's quite disrespectful to to decide for anybody else what they would be willing to invest in. So that's the first thing is don't assume other people, um, as you said, think like you do or that you know what they think and uh, especially when it comes to investing in themselves. So look at them. If they're in front of you, their opportunity to invest in themselves through you. That's a mindset shift that a lot of people go, oh, I feel so much better now <laughs> because that's what you're doing. You're offering them. You know, if you hand on heart know that you're the person who can sort that out for them and that you're very, you know, good at what you do, you need to have them say yes because if they don't, they go away with their problem. It's not resolved. They have to have another conversation with somebody else who might be able to help them. So that's another thing to remember, that these people are having a conversation because they're looking for somebody to help them. And that's a selling conversation. Sales is helping somebody make a buying decision. And if you're the best speaking, 
go for it. Exactly. And so many people are like, oh, I hate sales or I can't sell. But it's it's not what it used to be, that hard sell thing. It's ultimately just building connections with people and then the sale does happen naturally, you know, if they really connect with you on that that level. So it's, um, yeah, people just don't. Uh, don't get sales or like oh, I feel like oh, I haven't trained in sales I can't do sales um, but these days people get turned off anything too salesy as I put it um, yeah yeah and no, look nobody wants to be sold to so that's the thing the big thing is don't sell to people just help them make a buying decision and if you think of it like that if they've got a problem as I said and you can solve it people will then go oh, where have you been? I've been, you know, looking for somebody. And they are, they're looking. So that's why you need to be in the marketplace saying the right things to the right people so they get on to something there for me. I need to talk to this person and have a conversation. And, you know, you're like me, Leanne, we're in the service-based type of business. The people who sign up to our programs, that's who we get to spend our time with. So be really choosy. <laughs> From our point of view, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so don't connect with anyone you know is going to be a pain in the bum kind of thing. Well, um, those people are going to say, and how much do you charge before you even get into, um, you know, what it is that they need and all the rest. So that's already a bit of an alarm. Exactly. Whenever I get that, like an email, what are your chart? What are your rates? I would say, let's line up a phone call. And I don't actually answer that until I've actually talked through what they're after. Um, Because, yeah, I think, well, one, like you can rather than just go, here's my rate card um, without answering the actual pain points. Um, But two, I find the phone's obviously very powerful for building out the relationship as that first point and not enough people do it. So, yeah, that's that's my little strategy. Well, and and it is. You get to decide then, are you the best person to help them? You know, is, is it somebody else they need at the moment? Like you were talking about people who are coming to you who, you know, haven't got their branding and their marketing strategy ready how can they brief anybody so they end up they'll they'll brief them you know people come and say oh I've just done my website now I'm and I'm going oh, really <laughs> really first things first guys <laughs> don't do a website when you haven't got your basic marketing strategy organized because you'll be doing it again <laughs> yes. and again and again and it'll it's like round and round until you get you know clarity and you get Everything's structured. Like I say, straighten up and fly right. It's so much easier. <laughs> I love that. And so when it when it comes to raising prices, um, what advice do you have in that area? <laughs> so it depends on where you're at um, for starters. So raising prices, it, it is an inside-out job for starters. You need to recognise, are you actually undercharging? Are you over-delivering? Are you discounting? Are you giving away your services? Are you, are you, are you? All Everything that adds up to more of your time and less payment for it. So all of those get really clear. And if you see then, and, and another tip here, people will look around, especially when they start in business, and it's a natural thing. We didn't, we weren't born business owners. Look around and see what everybody else is doing. And guess what? 90%, if not more, are undercharging. So we look around and we look and see, oh, they're doing this and they've been doing it for 10 years and they've got letters after their name and they've got clients that they're turning away, blah, 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 whatever we tell ourselves. 
And then we look at what they are charging and we think, so because if they're doing that, we should charge a little bit less. So we start by undercharging using a model where people are undercharging. See where I'm going with this? Yes, because lower and lower and someone else looks up to you. And yeah. Then, yes. yeah. And then, of course, it's harder then to raise your pricing. So better to go, am I an expert at fixing this problem? Create all your services around fixing that problem. Pitch it to the group of people who obviously got that problem and know they've got that problem. Some people are selling to people they're not aware of the problem that they've got. They're trying to enrol them into their solution. So that's back to front. So that's another problem. Um, So be really clear about the problem. And um, and I'll give you a little example in a moment about how the client is experiencing the problem. It's not just what we think the problem is. So when when we get the right, um, you know, we've got to flag people down. It's busy out there and we need them to notice us because we're talking to them as if they're an individual. We're talking about what um, pain points they have, the issues, what's keeping them up at night or everything else. And when we are empathetic with them, um, they can go, she's talking to me (laughs) Um, and listen up. Then you've got their attention and then they'll, you know, get into conversation. 100%. I've been saying that, you know, I like to do the uh, hypothetical questions, like when I'm like writing and stuff and things like that and websites or social media. Um, You know, have you ever felt or is the insert problem keeping you up at night or blah, blah, blah. And ultimately you want them nodding their heads going, yes, you get me. Yes, you get me. What's the solution? Tell me, please. Yeah. And then, of course, the price point, um, when they see the solution and the value, as we said before, the pricing does not become the sticking point. So, and and as I spoke about having, you know, different levels of, uh, of your service offering that people can invest at, um, it takes away the yes or no, it's at what level, um, and then you will get more yeses and you'll have more clients doing a version of your program that doesn't require you to keep recreating new stuff. So that's the other way. Making more money isn't just about higher paying clients. It's about you not working so hard, um, you not being the only pricing point in the offering, meaning you and your time. Uh, Packages have a whole lot more around them than the time it takes for you to deliver. That's if you're in, and I'm talking here about service-based businesses, remember it's our time that at the end of the day is worth the money um, and how much of our time we put into whatever program we're delivering is part of that pricing equation. So you do need to know what I call your ceiling and your floor. Um, If you've got overheads, you know, and all those practical things, how much does it actually cost you to run a workshop or do those? That needs to be funded before you come with a price point. So there are hard costs. Often um, in the sort of business that I have, especially because I created all those years ago when we had the first mobile phones didn't need to be in any one place. And, of course, now that's just passe and uh, people don't maybe value that as much as I always did. And, uh, and and we can deliver our services to anybody all around the world. So there's all sorts of factors now that don't cost us hardly anything. We need an internet connection, a phone and a computer, you know, like well, you don't even, depending on what, what you're actually doing. So all of those hard costs, if you like, um, 
people who've got bricks and mortar business, you know, they've got a lot more involved in that. But all the same, whatever those real prices are needs to be amortised across your um, programs. But all of that aside, because they are minimal if you set up properly, um, the main thing then is your time. Um, and then we talk, spoke to value. Um, nearly any business can have a good, better, best model. Um, look at an airline, for instance, you know, one plane, group of people getting on that plane from here going there. That's it. The same deal. <laughs> yeah, pilots doing the same amount of hours to fly for that many people. Like it's... <laughs> but somebody's go in the front end of the plane on the pointy end, sit in the big seat and um, want to be there. They, they don't care what costs. Others are happy just to get a seat, get where they're going and um, have a budget to uh, buy by. Um, it's a good, better, you know, there's business class, first class, coach, you know, all the rest of it. So we have a choice and get, clients love choice. They, they really do love choice because they get to be deciding, as I say, not if but what. Um, so they they'll, they will enrol much more readily when they're involved in a decision there. Um, and then, of course, that's where the pricing comes in. Okay, value from the client's point of view. What is it worth to that person? What you do for that person? Now, I know, um, and you'd, you'd have your own parameters around that, but for myself, being a marketing and money um, business advisor, coach, if you like, I know the difference that I make to a client who isn't structured in the marketplace to attract right clients who will pay them well and isn't valuing themselves and what they're worth in the equation. I know very well the difference I'm going to make for those people if they want to stay in business and love what they do and get well rewarded. So when you understand those, you're looking outwards, that client I talked about before, that prospective client, don't judge whether they'll invest with you. They're going to invest in themselves through you to get what they want. So your role in there is what is the value to that client? What is the difference I'm going to make to that client? And there's no upper limit to the pricing that you can charge. I know coaches are charging, you know, easily $100,000 a year and um, they are delivering value to their clients or else they wouldn't be investing at $100,000 a year. So that's, that's the thing is if the client can see the difference you'll make and, and how that can work for them, and as you would know, testimonials from um, happy clients telling other people where they were and what you know how you helped and, and what they're doing now, um, social proof, evidence that what you do works, um, then the price isn't the sticking point anymore. They can I see. agree. Yeah, because you could say, all right, it's $5,000. Whoa, okay, what's that? But then if you explain, you know, what's included and what how their business is going to look as a result of investing in that or how their, their self-development will be or what, you know, where they'll be as a result. It's like you can't not afford to do this. Like, you know, if you really speak to the right people, yeah. they'll, I, you know, I've signed up to um, the Speakers Institute, a three-day boot camp. I can't remember the price of it now, but at the time it was like that is a massive amount. But, hey, I'm about to do a lot more workshops and speaking and I think that's definitely worth investing for my, to in invest yourself. in myself. Yes, and I hadn't really done that much before and I'm about to do another um, uh, business mastermind for six, six uh, months and, once again, it's a big investment. I'm like, well, I haven't done anything like this ever and invested in myself for a couple of years. 
I can actually see the value because if that translates to triple the amount in my business, then of course I'll do it. Um, so you best have to remind yourself of the value of the people and make sure you're communicating that um, most importantly. And yeah, and then you'll, you'll get either you get the sign-ups then or they'll start saving up towards it. And then that's where you had those lower levels you were saying for them to still stay in your atmosphere and be reminded that you're around so that a few months down the track, six months sometimes it takes, there are, like, they see you, okay, yes, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Yeah, good, good point you make, Leanne, because that's very true. Timing is everything. And we're all consumers and we've all been at that point where we want to do something but we're not ready. And it could be because we don't have the budget yet or it could just simply be that this is not now. So it's not no, it's not now. And, and appreciating that is um, liberating for a lot of people as well because they can understand it's not rejection. <laughs> Some people are fear of rejection. Um, they're just making a buying decision. And if it's not the right timing, then you can help them by um, helping them find the next best step for them. And that's another thing, you know, when I'm talking with people, I go, when they say, oh, you know, I'm looking for a, a business coach, say, and I say, so what do you want coaching about? <laughs> you know, business coaches, are, are there's so many different aspects that people coach around. I said, so you need to be really clear. Talk about that clarity back about, you know, your own business. What's the next thing that you need that you feel will move you forward? Because I see a lot of people, they'll take on a coach and they're disappointed because they're not coaching to what they need next step. They're over here somewhere and the client's not over there. So first things first, then what's next step, what's next step? So, you know, over the life of your business, you ought to be looking at, um, you know, coaches and mentors that are at that next level that you're now ready for. You can't go, oh, some people, and yes, you can leap. Um, very unlikely. It's usually the, um, you know, seven-year overnight success. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I've heard that. Um, and I guess a lot of it comes down to having a positive money mindset. As I mentioned, I'm working on it at the moment. What's your definition of money mindset? Well, really simple one. It's how you think and feel about money. And, you know, it's, it's an odd word, isn't it? You know, there's mindset, this mindset, that. and But it really is um, understanding that intellectually, and I'm pointing to my head, in case you can't see it, but <laughs> we think our, our brain, you know, like our mind is our brain in our head. Your mind is in every cell of your body. It's not up there in your brain. So your feelings, you get a feeling about something, discomfort or whatever feelings. If you start to get triggered about something, especially about money, usually it's a bit of a feeling will come up. And if you can just stop and identify what's causing the feeling, the emotion is what it is. Something is emotive for you right then. And if you can identify that, then there's a trigger there that something has set you off. Um, it could be positive. Now, not all money beliefs are negative. Goodness. <laughs> there's positive ones. But we're working here to how to improve and, and get rid of the negative. And they're usually what we've inherited. So the mindset is just the way it is set in a way of automatically thinking um, because it's deep-seated in your um, subconscious. And it is, um, you know, 
I don't know, some figure like 98% of the thoughts we have are in the subconscious. Consciously, we don't do a lot of thinking. <laughs> and uh, we feel like a lot. <laughs> I know. It feels like a lot. I know. But imagine what's really going on. You know, and, and for everybody who's who's listening, it's that five-year-old kid who's running the show. So <laughs> running amok in your business <laughs> because that's um, that's where a lot of our um, automatic actions, actions come from. So first of all, you've got those feelings that come around because of the way you're thinking. So your thoughts create your feelings. That gets you into action and it's taking that actions that you take that gets you in or out of trouble. <laughs> And, uh, you know, taking the action that's driven by the um, subconscious um, is why we keep on repeating those. Um, they're ingrained. And until you get a different thought, um, and that's why I say take, take notice, it's your emotional guidance counsellor that's giving you these little feelings. Um, and take notice of those and also notice what sort of issues come up around money? Because how you do money is how you do everything. And believe it or not, a lot of people push money away. They do. Um, even if they aren't aware, they're pushing money away. And what's going on there? And then what else are they pushing away? So think about in the more broad sense, when you start dealing with some money issues, you start seeing other areas of your life. You know, people who... Um, say, um, you know, if they don't appreciate money, what else don't they appreciate? And what else are they lessening in their life because of lack of appreciation? So there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens when you start healing your relationship with money. And, you know, it's like I say, like the peeling back the layers of an artichoke, you know, to get to the heart of the matter. You know, it's not no onions, no tears and crying just, just, you know, yeah. just looking for um, things that you can improve and, and the better it gets, the better it gets. Um, and that's that's the nature of it because once you've made progress in an area, it pans out in other areas and then there's always, it's like the Harbour Bridge, you know, you could go painting from one side to the next and back again because um, there's always something more to discover. You know, there's so much abundance and we are limited only by our thinking. Yes, I love that. And you know, I, I know it would like kind of mentioned like sabotaging things. I, I admit I've, I've said it in the past that I've had fear of success, not fear of failure, fear of success because success means lots of money. And I guess some stories that I, I kind of had filtered to me through my family growing up was uh, people with money are snobs and you don't want to affiliate with them and, and that kind of stuff, right? Because Filthy rich, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, I just want to have, I don't want to be rich. I just wanted to have enough to be comfortable. Like that's what I used to kind of say. I didn't want to, and I've, I've kind of overcome that. And I'm like, look, look, I'm happy to step into, you know, my true value. And look, yes, I didn't grow up wealthy, but I'm ready. It's my turn. It's, you know, and, and I can still, even sometimes using the affirmations, I can still be a good person and have money. And, um, so I'm working those, yeah, those stories that you tell. And and I actually realized this recently that I was getting particularly frustrated with my messy house. And I think it's because I feel like a messy house with low economic status or something. Because you go into people with really nice houses, it's always clean and I I want to be there. And so when my house is looking a mess, I'm like, no, 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 I want to, this isn't how I want to live. 
And um, but then I have these thoughts going, oh, I could never have a housekeeper. I mean, I have a, a cleaner once a month. Oh, that's indulgent. But I could never have anything more than that because who would do that? And so I, I'm, I'm being very conscious of it and trying to pick up and going and questioning it, going, well, why not? Why? <laughs> why? And it is because you you are trying to recognize that in your conscious mind. Yeah. So imagine what we don't not not even aware of. Yes, I'm sure so much more. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and another thing too, uh, Leanne, besides all of our inheritance and women, let's face it, we've had um, not very long with um, money. Um, we, you know, we used to go along with the goods and chattels. If you got married, everything went to your husband. Yes, that's it. Um, and that's only a couple of generations ago. Uh, women, you know, my, my own mum, you know, back generation before her, they didn't have a job. Goodness, it took a world war. <laughs> before women went out to work. So, and often it was, um, you know, it it was looked at um, in a way that we didn't see ourselves that way. We don't have a lot of good female role models. You look at a couple of people, you know, and I don't want to name names, but I think we'll all know a couple who were in the headlines um, taking their family to court suing each other over money and you look at a woman like that who's you know one of the richest women well she's probably the in in Australia one of the richest in the world I don't want to be like that that's what we tell ourselves in even if we don't verbalize it we go oh that's what having money is or you hear people about winning a lotto and then all these people come out of the woodwork wanting their only to stand wanting to be their friends or, or whatever well, it is. And win money like that out of the blue. They don't keep it very long usually. Yes, they, I've heard they that. No, um, they, they, if, if they were the type of person to have money, they would have had it without buying lottery tickets. Very, <laughs> yes, all, very. all sorts of things. <laughs> and, you know, when, yeah. when I talk about that role model, though, I seriously mean find a woman, a successful woman who you admire, who is wealthy and does good things in the world because good people do good things with money. So they're yes. the role models that we need to yes. um, keep in front of us and go, I... I could see myself being like that and I aspire to being like that. And then it's an automatic thing then to be comfortable, um, uh, you know, with that aspiration. I love that. And that's actually, yeah, so I, the, the business coach I'm going to do is with Ruby Lee. She's going to be on the show um, a few weeks' time. And it is, yeah, I basically feel like she is making great money. She's a genuine person like me as a young family and I'm like, I could be like that. So it's that kind of thing, being around people who you can relate to and then you know it is possible and there's, yeah, like you said, not enough of it. And so, yeah, I love that. And the other thing when you say being around people, um, you you listen to what people say about Yes, money. yes. It's amazing. And I think I wonder if they realise and then I think if they're saying it, I wonder what they're really thinking because if they're verbalising things like that, there's a whole bunch more going on that they haven't even said. Um, so it's often, um, you know, and, and you know, you need to be kind about it. But if somebody says something around that money, you can say, "Is that really true?" or how you approach it rather than absorb it going, "Yeah, that is expensive" or something. I actually did this with my my dad the other day, and he commented about. Um, uh, traveling, um, hiring a, a tour tour bus or something for something I could easily drive for you, and it's like I wouldn't pay fifty five bucks. Why would I do that? And I'm like, 
actually, you know, it doesn't actually in that situation make sense. If you can drive yourself, you're not drinking, it's not a winery tour, then that would make sense more to drive rather than saying that is expensive. Um, so just little things yeah. like that are now, and I guess that's the first step in improving your money mindset, acknowledging um, and recognizing what you're doing. Do you have any other tips on how someone could improve their money mindset? Well, I, I really do think the one thing they could do is spend the next week listening to what other people say about it. Yeah. And realize that they could be thinking exactly the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's just awareness to start with. But then you do need the strategies to put into place to replace those uh, beliefs with a positive one. Um, I use the analogy, Leanne, if you go into a dark room, you don't have to chase away the dark. You just turn on the light. So it's much easier to just replace a belief with another one than to try to turn yourself inside out to disbelieve it. It doesn't matter. If you've you've got another belief, that one's gone. So think of that light switch, on off, on off. So just keep it on the bright side and uh, constantly um, question and challenge yourself. So the the work I do with clients on, on money, I use money archetypes. Okay. And archetypes gives you a way to identify where your characteristics are congregated in relation to money. Um, And it's a really, and there's no one better than the other. Most people go, oh, that sounds like a good one. No, (laughs) there's, there's, you know, the, the, um, what we just say, strengths and weaknesses around them. But the main thing is to recognise your go-to for issues around money because of the way, and it's just a simple assessment you fill out, but it identifies really quick, smart, um, and people always go, oh, that's exactly me. You know, that's right. And, of course, it is because it's meant to be that way. We don't want to work too hard to figure it out. But <laughs> from there, then you start looking and saying, oh, okay, so if you're, um, you know, if you're a, um, like, for me, my own money archetypes are um, ruler, <laughs> accumulator. And doesn't that sound great <laughs> in relation to money? But let me tell you, <laughs> rulers um, uh, what would you say, driven, driven. Um, there's never enough. There's always more. And that couldn't be a bad, a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing. Um, it's it's that um, accumulator. Sounds like, oh, they accumulate a lot of money. Well, yes, but the trap there is, are you willing to invest your money? Yes, you're holding on to it and to let go. It. Yeah, so it really challenges them to think, okay, it's great to want security, to have um, financial security, which is, you know, an overarching desire for most people, um, especially in business. But at, at how are you going to play that and, you know, and to recognise um, what you will readily do and sometimes that's too quickly and other times what you're unprepared to do which really could benefit you so there's lots of ways to work on yourself and it's a I say increase your self-worth to increase your net worth and as they go up together um, the better it gets the better it gets great and so it's called money archetype archetypes sacred money archetypes oh cool is there a link or something you can provide us and I put in the show notes for that um yeah I certainly will I'll do that and yeah, that'd be uh, amazing come and check it out Fantastic. Yeah. And so you mentioned before your signature system. Can you please go into a bit more detail about that? Okay. So say you're a generalist service provider, well, a lot of people are, um, and they're just looking, just say you're a coach, it's a good example, and they're just going to coach on anybody on anything. 
whatever troubles you, come to me, I'll help you figure it out. Um, so that's one thing you could do. And you usually then, how much do you charge? There's usually an hourly rate. There's usually, you know, an hour-long session. It costs this much. So how about you're still a coach, um, but you coach um, um, executive women um, who have families, okay? So they're working mothers in executive positions. Now, already you can see that niche of people will have different issues to the general population. So what are their problems? So we work on that first. We really identify the problem as they're experiencing it, what they really need help with, and you design all your services around fixing that problem. So no longer have you got um, a generalist status. You're now an expert at this thing for these people, um, and you are able then obviously to charge what you're worth. But the signature system, it's the steps you take your clients from where they are to where they want to be. So that's the solution to the problem. So you've got the problem, you're the solution. Then I, I take my clients through my own signature system process, which helps them because um, I don't need actually to know what they do. Uh, they know that. I guide them and I scribe and I create with them a system that they can then take all their clients through. Um, might sound boring to some people, but the clients are all different. Their businesses are different. The process is reliable, repeatable, and clients can see that it's proven to work for lots of people who are just like them. Um, then we get a nice marketing uh, title for that, and we're able then to take them through um, and sign them up at what I talked about before, at a good, better, best level. So that system is um, the foundation of all they need to do. That's it. That's what they do when people say. Um, will I give you a quick example? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so a client of mine, um, she's a naturopath. Uh, her name is Sharon Hesp, and she's all over Facebook. And, and um, uh, she came to me and she said, you know, 10 years, um, an expert, and she is, um, that she's branded herself as the food intolerance expert. So... I, she asked me to help her create a new program. And I said, what do you want a new program for? You've got so many different offerings. And she said, well, you know, there are people out there purporting to be um, able to do what I do and they're not qualified with some of them and they're not, they're maybe even doing harm. And I need to, you know, get people uh, really understanding how I help with what they're suffering. And I said, okay. So I said to her, what's, your, you know, the, the problem your clients have? Um, oh, they've got a food intolerance. Most of them do. And I've gone, okay, do they know that? And she's gone, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I said, well, what, what is their problem? How are they experiencing their problem? Oh, they've got a crook gut. Okay. Would they know that? Oh, definitely. They would know. <laughs> As someone with a food intolerance, yeah, many food intolerances actually, yes, I can attest, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, but did people know that it was the food intolerance causing the crook gut? So those words themselves, it's not jargon, but it's not really hitting the mark. Yeah. So anyway, we worked on rebranding. So she's now known as the Good Gut Girl. Nice alliteration for marketing. Yes, I love um, that. <laughs> but it positions her as a female with the good gut, yeah, that's her whole focus of getting a good gut. So the good gut girl who heals the gut um, in 90 days. 
So she now has a program that heals the gut in 90 days. She had that program anyway, but she never had it processed in what the client's steps are so that they could take that journey to be healed. She never understood that they didn't understand the problem that they had, food intolerance. Um, and then the good, better, best offering she now has is the um, do-it-yourself, um, all online, one where she gives feedback on um, email, um, and then there's the high care, high touch. That's her upper level one where you get her on your case, you do the test, the you know analysis and the uh, recommendations and, and the healing process is you know, holding your hand. Um, so her programs are the gutsy, the gutsier, and the gutsiest. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Um, which is nice because she's got a nice sense of humour too. So yeah. <laughs> Personalised. Nobody else talks in her language. They're not the good gut girl. They they might be a naturopath, but they're just selling a, a, a session. You know, they're they're healers, but they aren't marketing in the way that could make all the difference. So a lot of people who are um, gifted like healers, they are, um, yeah, they don't necessarily stand out. They are, they're either, you know, say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a chiropractor. Well, well, couldn't you be, I heal backs? Or, you know, like, couldn't you be something? Yes. Um, the fact that you're a chiropractor, you know, we love our processes, but our clients don't care. They just want to be fixed. And don't hurt me, please. Yeah. The faster, the better. I love that. And, you know, yeah, because I've just, you know, I, I say, oh, yeah, do marketing and copywriting. And I've actually stopped saying that because I, when I did my recent online course and called it How to Build Your Digital Visibility, and yeah. I had all these people drawn to that because, yes, I want to know how to be seen online. They get that. Yeah. And, and so they, yeah, but if it's just said the marketing masterclass, People kind of don't know what marketing is, right? But digital visibility, oh, yes, I need to be seen more online. How does how social media work? How can I get email happening, my website fixed, my blog done, whatever. Yes. So it's very true. And so I, I realised that those were the right words to use because... And, and what a difference. You're still doing the same thing, but now people can hear how you can help. And that's that's part of like when I, I, I do done with you services, my clients work with me. It, it's not a theory and go away figure it out you know roll up our sleeves we do that if we're branding we're doing the niche we're doing the signature system packaging pricing the whole shebang is with me um so they if they could do that they'd have done it i work really fast and um and we just get it done we just knock it over and then i say they're market ready and if they want to you know just get in if they're if they're at that stage or if they want me to help um coach through that implementation phase I don't implement I can but I don't I don't want to do that did that long enough I, I I'm very creative getting it all ready to rock and roll yeah. and then making sure that they um, get out of the driveway get into the marketplace and do what they need to do love it love it well I hope everyone's been really inspired by that it's, it's really good really good to hear I, I really need to work on my signature system actually I've got yeah like I said I think I've already got all the content I just have to structure it um, in some some package um so I always ask my guests how do you manage your health and wellness okay so did I say I'm a mad golfer mentioned it <laughs> well, that's character building for starters so that's one thing <laughs> you've got to be, be patient <laughs> you've got to be prepared to stay at that one um but yeah it really is a very healthy thing um for mind and body I think um exercise fresh air um community um you know golf offers a lot 
And so uh, during COVID and closed down, I hired the rowing machine from the gym, um, had it out in my back garden. I overlook a beautiful river and national park. So row, 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 you know. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm an energetic person, so I do do a lot of, of walking. Um, I do like to read um, and I like aud- audible books because um, often, you know, I could be um, in the car and, and able to listen. I'm reading a um uh, a lovely book at the moment and uh, Tom, Tom Hanks is narrating it. So, you know, I, I, why, why would I want to read it when I can listen to him? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm always looking how to, um, you know, how to expand, how to educate myself in um, self. It, it is self-improvement, but it's because I like it. Um, I did a little bit of water painting recently, which I want a bit more time to do. Just knitted my couple of my grand girls, um, little teddy bears. Oh, so, very nice. Um, you know, a bit more time in COVID to, um, um, you know, spend doing a few of that. Yeah, nice little relaxing sort yeah. of thing. Awesome. Awesome. And how can people connect with you? Well, certainly they will find me um, on LinkedIn. They will also find me on uh, Facebook. And um, I'll post my website, and that's powerupyourmarketing.com. And as I said, if anybody would like to have a 30-minute conversation with me, a breakthrough session around their money or marketing, um, under services, they'll find a little pull-down tab and they'll have the option there to choose what sort of conversation we'll have and, um, and lock something in with me. Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really, I uh, really enjoyed our chat today. And yes, yeah, so much value there. Um, I have to go back and re-listen and, and, and take better notes. Um, I took some, but I get distracted by, I want to hear it rather than. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Kathleen. I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. And it's been my absolute pleasure. And thank you everybody who is listening. I hope there's at least one thing you'll take away and implement and uh, move your business forward. I hope so too. So yes, I thank you to you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton. And you can also join the Marketing and Me podcast Facebook group. Uh, Finally, if you want to learn more about generating more leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.